Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. This is Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, Feedback and Insight, Share number 77. And we're going to discuss today, continuing the discussion between the relationships between men and women, particularly teenagers, um, boys and girls. And we're, the beginning, we're going to discuss the challenges that are faced with within modern Orthodox communities where there's a lot of interactions between teenagers, boys and girls. And then we're also going to discuss the dangers that take place even in societies where they're separate from one another. And there's no mingling really between boys and girls, but nevertheless, the concepts that are taught about that separation, if they're taught the wrong way, could create um, harmful effects when later they need to get married. So it's important to discuss those things in a healthy way. So we're going to discuss both aspects. What's very important, especially in modern Orthodox societies, or in places where there is, among teenagers, where the teenagers know themselves that they are indeed interacting with each other, the boys and girls. So they need to discuss and they need to understand what's forbidden and the levels of what is forbidden pertaining to physical interactions between the genders. And there are dargas to it. That is an important thing to know. Because what happens is, is as follows. We come into a, two opposite issues here and two opposite problems. Number one is we cannot water down Judaism. So if the Torah forbids Nagia, if Torah forbids um, even just hugging and not just sexual intercourse, it forbids it. End of story. Even social contact, which is affectionate but is not necessarily sexual, most paiskim, like a hug, uh, that's a casual hug, so to speak. I think all paiskim say that's usser. Handshake. There you ha- may have most hold that it is usser. Some may give you some leniences in certain situations. But the bottom line is, is that what is usser is usser. You don't water down Judaism. And when you, even when you're teaching to your teenagers, as much as you want to be open with them, what the borders of what the Torah guidelines are have to be expressed clearly. They cannot be watered down. But at the same time, they need to understand the nuances and levels of, of those isurim because the Chazal created those nuances and differences. So, for example, the highest level of Isser pertaining to the interactions between males and females that are not married is sexual intercourse, what we call Bia. That is the more Chamer, the most Chamer, the most stringent of the prohibitions. That's when you took it to a level that a real strong Isser exists. The next level, which is less so, is the hugging and kissing, or any t- type of form for, foreplay, which is called chibuk v'nishuk, which is also asr gomer, either dairaisa or dirabanan. Some hold, some rishayim hold that it's mamisha dairaisa. When it says loisikruvu legalis erva, loisikruvu is the dairaisa of chibuk v'nishuk. Some hold that it's a dirabanan. The shach seems to be even more makel that the only chibik venishik that is usser is the chibik venishik that could lead to sexual relations. 
But the either whatever the case may be, it is Asr. And therefore, but it's a lower level than BS Asuris. And then there's a third level of social contact, which is also Asr, but it's a lower level. And the reason why it's important to, on one hand, not water down Yiddishkeit and make it point blank that this is Asr, that's Asr, that's Asr. So the teenagers need to know that it's Asr, but they need to be aware that there are halachic differences between handshaking the lower level prohibitions and actual sexual intimacy. Now, some teenagers may perceive those lower level prohibitions like a handshake or a high five as unnecessary and not usser. They may feel that way. And, um, you know, and, and, and they, that has to be clarified to them. But because there are all these different dargas within isser, you run into a risk either way. If you interpret it too liberally, too openly, and say and downplay the lower level isser, like ah, eh, okay, you hug once in a while, you can't do that because they need to know that that's also usser, and that's not. And we're going to go into why, what, and when, and where, and to explain to them in the proper way why it shouldn't be done. Right. So if you say, oh, chibik v'nishik, some hold it's only yidrabanan. You run a risk there. They may say, they may all of a sudden when they hear this, it'll lighten the hate in their eyes. They'll say, okay, uh, a sexual intercourse itself, be a sasuris, okay, that's real bad. Chibik v'nishik, you know, there are bonans, and there's a kula, it's only if it leads to beer, or whatever. They'll rationalize. So that's the risk of telling them these grades, these levels of isurim, you know, and you've won a impulse would tell you to tell them, no, they're all usser, period. This is the same like Bia and finished. But on the flip side of that, there is a risk, a big risk, if you don't tell them those levels of Isurim and that they are different levels. Because what will happen then is if they cross the line on that lower level Isser, thinking that they already, you know, crossed the line and they're like beyond repair, then they'll just give up, and they, it may lead Khalila to worse things than to actual Biyasasuris. So as an example, even if, like we said, within the lower level Isurim of this, which is social contact, the, within that you have two levels. You have something called a handshake, a simple handshake, which is like less than five seconds. Handshake in a business meeting, nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And then there's a second level of high fives or social type hugs, pecks on the cheek that people do, you know, like a little kiss on the cheek, like as a... So that's on a more hamadika level, even on the social. So even there, there are levels. So some Rabbonim will, ex- will be matter handshaking in certain circumstances. But everyone's maida that that second level of high fives, hugs, pecks on the cheek, these things, there's no rav that would be matter that. You, I hear once in a while you may have a rav, in some situations they'll give you some type of heter reluctantly on the handshake, but not on those other social things. That's already l'chaladeis aser. So 
they need to know about those Hagdaris. They need to know those Gedarim. They need to know those levels of Isurim. This is a Dairaisa. This is a Drabonon. On this is Asal Choladeis. On this, you may have a Paisik that says that it may be permitted, but here's why we discourage it. The reason why you need to explain to them those nuances, even though there's a risk that, again, they'll say, eh, this is not, not the worst thing in the world, it's a lower level, but the risk of the opposite is even stronger. If they feel they crossed the barrier, and in their mind, oh, I already crossed the barrier, then it could lead to who knows what. It's sort of similar like when you're... Um, trying to be Makarev couples, let's say, that are not yet holding by observing Torah and Mitzvahs, and you want to encourage them to keep Taras HaMishpacha. So in those situations, you have to tell them point blank what Taras HaMishpacha is. Not only is sexual relationships prohibited between husband and wife in the Nida period, but no hugging, no kissing, and no social touch interactions, no handshakes either. You, they need to know those levels they need to know that it's all us, or you can't water it down, even as you're explaining to them. But you need to tell them that there are different levels in these restrictions. Why? Because what will happen sometimes with that type of couple that really is interested in and seriously considering adapting Taras and Mishpacha, the couple themselves may decide, you know something, we will hold off on sexual intercourse. We will not uh, um, um, have sex during the period of Manida. I'll go through the process of going through the mikvah. And they're ready at that point. But it's too hard for them at this point not to hug sometimes, like an affectionate hug outside of the bedroom. They're not ready, and they'll do that, or handshake or pass things and so on and so forth. So here again comes that fine line. What do you do? You cannot say that it's mutter, no one will say that it's mutter. But on the other hand, if you put that on the same thing, you know, you're, 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 this is, if you hug outside of a bedroom in an affection, it's the same like B.S. Asuras, you tell them that, they'll throw the whole thing out at that point. So that's what I'm talking about. There needs to be a certain nuanced discussion in, with those types of teenagers to, to not water down Yiddishkeit and explain clear, Rachel Bitrachtanik, clear, what's mutter, what's usser. But at the same time, they know the levels so that if they ever cross a level, they don't think they're, they're gone. That they already, you know, I shook the hand of a lady, okay, I'm already a, 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 a bum, I'm already, uh, even if I hugged her, okay, that's it. Now it's the same like, uh, I might as well sleep with her. That's the way sometimes teenagers think. You cross a certain boundary where you were told this is a no-no, and boom, okay, what the, I'm already a lost case. So they need to know these dargas, and they need to know the concept of tshuva, they need to know the concept of bouncing back, and not going further down the rung of what's, what's wrong, and to self-correct on what already was done, and so on and so forth. And um, the, the, the MS is, Olim Tzchos, Baruch Hashem, is that there is more awareness these days, even among those circles of modern Orthodox teenage circles and even more modern Orthodox teenage circles, where among the Goyim there's real um, sexual intercourse taking place, even at young ages of 13, 14, 15, 
while in Baruch Hashem, in, in modern Orthodox circles, that's not the case, and they're more careful, and they're more far, you know, further away. So the Gedarim that the Chazal placed is in their consciousness, but it needs to be more emphasized, obviously. And again, the truth be told, and this is just a simple fact, that in modern Orthodox circles where you have a lot of interactions between teenage boys and teenage girls, it's a lot more difficult not to break those Gedarim. So what needs to be established, what's very, very important in those communities, is to try to work out a concept that even if there is a lot of interaction between the boys and girls at ages from 14 onward, that the parents really need to explain and the educators need to explain in a real, honest, open way that a romantic relationship will derail them terribly in many, many areas and many ways on life. It's different when you're close to marriageable age. When you're already at the point where you're at an age that you are contemplating marriage, okay, that's a different story. In those cultures, that's a different story. But nevertheless, if there is, they need to be discouraged because this is just an objective, even from a secular standpoint, where it could cause a tremendous amount of issues. Of, um, and, and it needs to be discouraged. Those deep friendships, deep romantic levels, you could be friendly, okay, but you need a certain trust, a certain respect, but a certain distance, cordial distance between uh, a boy and a girl of those ages, even when they are interacting with each other. So you may say, though, okay, so we talked now about modern Orthodox communities where there is a lot of mingling between girls and boys and there's boyfriends and girlfriends and we have to talk about the realism about it how they will interact so the way to help it is to just assure that they, they don't get into a romantic relationship and um, or to p- delay it as much as possible to the point of of when they're close to marriage and so on and so forth now the question now is though is what about in more right-wing communities, Hasidic communities, Litvish communities, where there is that separation, where there is boys and girls that completely distance themselves from one another. So what's the issue? What's the problem? Baruch Hashem, these issues of boyfriends and girlfriends and, and even romantic relationships are out the window because they don't even have casual relationships. So what is the problem? What is the issue? So the truth is, is that in practical purposes, there's a lot less issues um, in those communities where the girls and boys are totally separate, where they don't not only not have a romantic relationship with each other, they don't even have friendships. But the issue happens is that if you're taught a certain way about why they're separate, on a, in a negative way, then it'll be difficult for them when they hit marriageable age and they shift into this concept of being married, which includes having an intimate sexual relationship with one another, to remove that negativity of those aspects being taught and to view it now in a positive light could be very, very difficult. So what's important is 
when you tell even at the in the most from Bachrim and the most from girls at an early age when they're 13, 14 or whatever it is you explain to them that this idea of sexuality the Torah views it as in a positive light it's meant for people who are married men married men, married women even married men and women at some point if they're in the age they're there understand these things, they also have to hold back for half of every month practically each other. Married people who are attracted to each other outside their marriage has to hold back and not act on those feelings. That's part of being a Shemir Mitzvah, that's part of being a Yivar Hashem. And, um, but they cannot, they have to be careful in the from communities, not to teach sexuality like the Christians do, like those real religious Christians do, where they view it as dirty, as evil, as as and that purity only means separation, like being a virgin all your life and being separate. And that having sexual relationships is only a necessarily necessary evil to have children Nebuch, Nebuch, and whatever it is in married life, and it's a bedievet, shebedebedevet. It's not healthy for for teenagers in from environments to have this hashkafa. Now, you may think that if you tell them that it's all negative, it's schmutz, it's filthy, it's dirty, that it'll, they'll be more successful in separating themselves from those nisyonis in their teenage years. But it will backfire. The better way to do it is to explain to them the bar, the barcharish years, meaning your your years as a teenager, as a boy or as a girl, is the most tremendous, tremendous opportunities for growth. You're growing the most. Your kishrenes are amazing. You could become great. You have so many outlets of beautiful, healthy outlets and talents and abilities that you could do that gets developed in working on your midas, working on your character, doing so many things, growing in Torah and Avaida and Chesed and the girls in their Avaida and Chesed and their Tefillah and their relationships, there's so much they could do. And that's where their focus needs to be. And they need to be told, yes, there is a certain sexual urges that come up and you need to push it out and delay it and put it out of your mind as much as possible in all the years that you're not married, in your years between 13, 14, when it starts happening, these urges until you're, you're, you're marriageable age and you're ready to get married. It should be totally out of your mind. But don't worry, there'll be a time, like all of us, where there's a mukim, there's a place, and there's an opportunity to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a married couple with this urge as well. If you explain it to them that way, in the right way, you don't have to worry that they'll, you know, you don't have to scare them completely and being negative completely and and, and tell them they'll end up a Gehenim if whatever it is and to get them to stay away from those issues when they're teenagers. That usually backfires. You have to tell them the idea right now is hesachadas. It's not that it's not, because they know in their gut whether they, you acknowledge it or not, no matter how much you separate the boys and girls, they will sense 
the sexuality. They will understand it. They will understand that there's a, a certain connection between a man and a woman. In, intellectually, they'll see it or they'll sense it. There's no way to get around it. You can't hide that from them. So the idea is, is you tell them that in the Bacher years, in the girl years, right, till you get married, till that point, the sexuality aspects has to be channeled into other ways and just be Messiah das from it as much as possible. But you emphasize in the few talks that you have with them, it's not because it's bad, it's not because it's evil. Adarabah could be the most beautiful thing, but only when you're married, when in the structure of a Yiddish home between a husband and a wife. And the avoid of every Yid, as hard as it is, is to separate from those inyanim when they're not married yet, that they should not be interaction, that they should channel that energy into, into learning, into davening, into chesed, or sometimes into talents, you know, kolechet kifidarkai, and not and 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 save that sexual aspect of themselves till the point that they get married. Well, basically, so it's like this in a, in a nutshell that in the modern Orthodox communities where there's a lot of interactions between boys and girls, they need to be encouraged to avoid romantic relationships, especially in the earlier years of teenage years and limit their friendships, engage in healthy activities that are not sexual, and create those gedarim despite the fact that they're interacting with one another. Not to worry about being alone, not to worry about hurting the other person, to realize very often the interactions you have between each other as boys and girls in the modern Orthodox community, you'll not end up marrying them, that is not your zivig, not your wife, very rarely is it. When you're close to the marital age, maybe there's something to talk about. And they have their own challenges in the way to deal with that type of culture where there is a lot of intermingling. And in those cultures, in those more right-wing from cultures of Litvish or Hasidish, where there is anyway a total separation, no romantic relationships, not even friendships, and a real separation between boys and girls, they also need to know that there is a healthy aspect of sexuality that will come in the right time when they get married, but right now the idea is to be Messiah Das from it. Because to place just negativity like the Christians do, the religious Christians do, of that it's schmutz, it's filth, it's this or that, it creates a tremendous, tremendous damage that when they are up at the point when they are getting married and finally they do get married, to shift and to now see something that they saw as dirty or bad or, or, or disgusting or guilt-ridden in, in their teenage years and now that you need to transform it and realize that this is the most beautiful thing in the world is a very, very hard transition unless you were taught the right way early on. Hatzlach and bracha.